This is just such a good tune, isn't it, to start off a little podcast. It's not even, it's just a video off Instagram. I learned to play that on the piano once. Um, how are we all doing? How are we all doing? A little update on things from me. I'm going to talk about my prep. I'm going to also give you a little bit of tips and tricks when it comes to chest activation. Um, I feel like chest and lat activation are two areas. Let's do both. The two areas that people tend to struggle on. Um, and if you're not using that muscle properly on a lot of chest movements, you'll be negatively affecting your shoulders. And uh, same goes for lat movements. If you're doing a, a lat pullover, a lat pull down, and you're rotating, internally rotating through the shoulder, you're going to negatively affect your shoulders. So there's lots of things that can mess up your shoulders. Um, and, and muscle activation, my muscle connection, does definitely help in order to reduce down the risk of that because you're performing the movement correctly. But first off, we'll start off with prep. So I am um, now, I'm not entirely sure what show that I'm going to go for, to be honest. I prefer to kind of do it this way. It gives you a little bit more flexibility. I'm quite a driven, motivated, disciplined, whatever you want to call it, person already. So I don't necessarily need to have a date in mind. And I'm like, right, I'm four weeks out, I'm three weeks out, I'm two weeks out. Because my weight is moving at a good rate already. So I'm pretty content with, you know, I'll, stri- I'll strip off a few more kilos from this. Um, and that will that will obviously make me look a little bit drier and leaner. But in terms of like my fullness, I don't really want to lose much more fullness because obviously I can't train my legs. So I'm going to be losing some tissue from my legs. And uh, not being able to use your legs properly definitely creates some limitations with cardio and things like that. So my food is a lot lower uh, than it usually would be. It's not low because man's got a high metabolism, but it's it's lower than it would be. And a deficit is still a deficit. People forget this. If you're in a diet, no matter how much food you're on, if you're on a deficit for a long period of time, you're going to still feel the effects of the diet. You know, you might be able to sneak in like a high day here and there uh, and kind of boost yourself up a little bit, but you're still going to feel pretty pretty low. You know, it's, it's prep, it's diet, it's going against what your body wants to do to a certain extent. Uh, the initial phase is pretty neat, pretty normal, but as soon as you start getting down to the lower percentages of body fat, you definitely have to dig a little bit more. Uh, so the next few weeks will be that dig. Um, I've done, I'm going to start this week with a little bit more food in my system, uh, just because I'm noticing couple of little things with like my recovery maybe being negatively affected and you've got to balance both you've got to balance your recovery you've also got to balance your nutrition uh training and deficit so um potentially i'm four weeks out um but we'll see what happens you know if uh if i'm not ready or if i feel like i'm ready earlier i might do an earlier show um but most likely probably four weeks out currently um I'm, the problem is with this prep is I'm very much in two minds about, you know, muscle retention of my legs. And also the the fact that I'm not really doing this prep for any particular reason, um, which has its benefits, you know, takes the pressure off. Um, but when it comes to like a prep, sometimes it's nice to have that extra little bit of, um, I've got a, re- a why, you know, a little bit of a, a different why. At the moment, like I'm just going on stage in order to see that I've progressed from my last show, which is a lovely position to be in, uh, and not having the pressure of thinking, right, I've got to, I've got to come first, I've got to come top three, is nice. It's very nice. 
Um, but it also doesn't really give you as much drive uh, when it comes to digging for those uh, those last few kilos. But I'll get it. I'll get it. It's uh, just uh, got to get into that mindset. Um, but initial sort of diet and fat loss phase is kind of initially done now, I would say. There's the, there's the next dig, but majority of it is done, you know. Um, okay, so let's start off with lats, as we already touched a little bit on chest. So when it comes to looking at uh, a training program designed for improving lat development, obviously there's many areas of the back and people sort of tend to um, categorize it between thickness and width, which really kind of annoys me because that's not how it works. Um, obviously, doing rows is going to work your traps, your rhomboids, areas of your back. Um, which will give the illusion of thickness, but you'll still get wide back from doing rows, you know, and you'll still get development in your upper back from doing um, lat pull downs or you know some other lat exercise. So they both cross over, but one may isolate the the area that you're going to develop a little bit more. Um, before starting any back exercise, I like to do a pullover variation. So this could be something like a rope pullover, could be a, a Single arm um, D-handle pullover. That's one of one which I kind of changed across to when I I initially had my knee operation, uh, simply because I couldn't hold much weight without it sort of counterbalancing me and wanting to take me over. And the position of stopping my body going over felt very uncomfortable on the knees. Uh, so I did single arm, and I've stuck with it for the rest of this training block. Actually, very nice. You get a tiny bit extra range of motion, and uh, obviously being able to isolate and focus on one area does tend to also then mean that that mind-muscle connection is better. So a type of pullover to start your workout, whether that's machine pullover, rope pullover, dual rope pullover, single arm pullover, whatever. And then pick grips that uh, connect well with you. So say, for example, a straight bar pull-up. Some people find that it can be a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit awkward on the wrists or a little bit awkward on the bicep tendons. Try the assisted pull-up machine. Try different grips on the assisted pull-up machine um, and, and find what works for you. It's also a case of getting nice, long range of motion. So if you're limiting your range of motion because you're not strong enough for that movement, go down and wait and get the range of motion beautifully big and long. I'd say with most muscle groups, you should kind of focus on the lengthening, but especially when it comes to back training because... They take everything through such a long range of motion um, that you're like, think about it. If you bring your arm past your body and you're rowing past your body so you can get your elbow back, you can't really do that with many other movements, you know? Um, yes, the lat kind of covers a, a, or the back covers a vast majority area of the back as well, which is something also to uh, take into consideration because a large muscle group is going to also you know, require a large range of motion. Um, if you struggle with strength, um, and like I said, you know, getting that execution, a very good way of sort of cheat coding your way to better strength would be weighted pull-up negatives. Fantastic movement. Very underrated movement for improving strength and development in your back. Um, I've had weight, weighted pull-up negatives in my program years ago, but now I'm kind of at the point where my back is is strong. It's, it's strong enough to be able to, you know, cre uh, create adequate stimulus without fucking up my joints too much. Um, 
So, for example, I'll comfortably do a plus 40 kilo weighted pull-up for 10 to 12 reps, for example. I was never always at that. Uh, I used to, in fact, I think I saw a video on my um, time hop. Like five years ago, I was doing weighted negatives with 40 kilo weight uh, on the pull-up. Uh, obviously, my body weight was maybe slightly different then as well. But regardless, I've gone from weighted negatives of maybe like five reps up to full reps of double the reps of double. Like So it was 40 negatives for five. Now I'm doing 40 for 11 to 12 in five years. So it takes time. Don't get me wrong. It takes time. But um, the weighted negative, fantastic movement for you know, really improving your back strength a lot quickly. And uh, how I would set this up, so obviously use lifting straps. If you're not using lifting straps on back movements, I don't know what to tell you because I've been ranting about this for years, talking about using bear grips on Instagram, talking about using bear grips on my YouTube channel. If you're limiting your grip strength to your forearm strength and you can't fully tax your muscle, your back is huge compared to your forearm. So use straps on all pulling movements. You can say, oh, my grip strength will go down. Probably won't because you're still gripping onto the bar. And if you really want to, add in some forearm exercises. They're also a lot better than just relying on grip strength to, for forearm development. So wear lifting straps and train your damn forearms, right? Lifting straps on the bar. Then a box underneath you. Use that box to step you up, to, almost to jump to that top position of a pull-up where your chin is close to bar height. And then slowly, three, two, one, on the way down, control the negative. Do the same again. Jump back up, use the box, kick off, back to the top. Slowly control the negative. Three, two, one, reset again. That simple training mechanism will take your pull-ups to the next level. I guarantee it. If you've ever wanted to do things like muscle-ups as well, fantastic way to build up your strength to be able to do things like that as well. Um, so yeah, that would be my sort of first two exercises on a vertical pull-focused back workout. I also have a horizontal pull-focused uh, back workout, which obviously still starts with a lap activation movement. And then I will go to into uh, normally some form of like a, a machine row at the moment because of my knees. But uh, ideally, I would probably go to like a plate-loaded um, hammer, hammer, what's it called, ISO row um, for like a, a good row setup um, or a machine, like a machine's good. Uh, I, I used to use a lot of single-arm dumbbell rows uh, and I got really strong at that as well. Um, I think I did like 92.5 for a set of like six to eight or something like that. Um, which is over my body weight. So I kind of maxed out a little bit on single arm rows. Maybe there's a little bit more momentum than needed. Maybe uh, kind of ego lifted at that uh, top weight. But I was sort of consistently using like 70 kilos for, you know, a few weeks uh, and maybe a few training blocks actually. Um, and it's a great movement, but there's also some limiting factors and it takes a little bit more load on your lower back. And I had a back injury, so I took it out completely. And now I'm just on machines really. When it comes to chest, now, there are two sort of rules of thought with chest. Some people will say, right, I'll keep my uh, isolation movements to the end of my session so I can do my heavy compounds with as much strength as possible. Fantastic. 
if you're focused on strength and strength is your only goal, then yeah, do your compounds first. If you're focused on hypertrophy and muscle activation, muscle growth, I would say maybe think about putting in an isolation movement before your compound. For example, a pec deck fly. This is something which is going to take your chest for a nice long range of motion. It will create some pre-fatigue before your uh, next set or maybe your pressing movements. But why does that matter? bit of pre-fatigue so you're not as strong on that compound movement is not a bad thing. It, uh, sometimes when we go to the gym, you think, right, I want to be able to lift as heavy as possible, do as much weight, do as much reps. Great. But if you can reduce down the amount of weight in which you're using and keep your joints, ligaments, everything in a healthier position whilst still creating the muscle damage and still creating the stimulus for muscle growth, why wouldn't you? All you're doing is working harder to try and get the same results and also increasing the risk of injury exponentially. You know, So if I went in and did a bench press session, I, I never bench press because there's superior exercises like dumbbell press, but if I went in and did a bench press session and I went uh, straight in and did 120, whatever, and, and did a few sets of that, great. A few sets of 120. But if I went in and did pec deck fly before that, it may be affecting that a little bit. Like maybe I go down to 110, 100 and get some reps out on there, do some sets. But the stimulus, the mind muscle connection is probably going to be even better again, you know? So there's there's pros and cons to both and there's lots of ways of skinning a cat but um, that would be my preference same would go for a shoulder movement if i was to train uh, an overhead press movement i'd probably do a lateral press uh, lateral raise first reason for this being is firstly the shoulder press movement doesn't really hit your lateral delt it's more um front delt so people thinking that they're going to shoulder press loads of weight to get big shoulders, just, I'm sorry, but that's not how it works. Yes, you might get some big old front delts over a, over time, but really like a lateral raise um, or raising movements are more effective for shoulder development rather than vertical pressing uh, if we're looking for muscle development. Of course, there's always the argument of functional training and, you know, and, and isolation movements and a lot of functional training has a lot of risk with it as well and there's nothing wrong with risk i don't think we should always shy away from risk but having had multiple injuries over the years and i still want to be able to do this for many years going forward my training has kind of changed a little bit from high risk movements to making it a little bit less risky but still getting as much out of it as i can as well if you've been training for maybe 10 years plus which i have been it takes its toll on your joints so you need to create a little bit of pre-fatigue before lifting heavy weight because your strength is higher because you've been training for longer but your joints have also taken a lot more um obviously with my recent knee operation those things are more on my mind maybe than other people's so that is another thing to bear in mind um i'm doing this more out of caution um and, and longevity as well but other people who either have assistance as well because you got to remember you know additional substances uh, also help with your recovery of joints and support your joints um but i'm not i'm not assisted so it would be uh, 
this has also been something which has been on my mind though, going uh, becoming assisted. I had a very long conversation with uh, one of my mates yesterday about it. Um, he obviously can see the muscle wastage on my frame, see my, my, my legs losing and, and things like that as well. And obviously you lose fullness, you lose uh, muscle mass when you're dieting and, and you're natty. Um, but yeah, I don't know. My, the decision to go on, even if it was just like, you know, a, a short cycle or whatever, it's not really a decision which I, I think I can definitively make, you know. It's, I bounce around the idea of doing it and not doing it, and I feel like if I'm if I'm so indecisive, probably not a good idea, you know. If it was like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, it's time, it's time to go on. I've been training this long, um, and I'm, I'm sure that day will probably eventually come. Um, in my mind, I always thought it would be kind of like my mid, my late thirties, early forties. I thought you know that would be a time to then maybe go on like a TRT dose or something like that. But I really don't know. We'll see what happens. The The future is is always um, ever-changing, I would say. Um, all right, so that's my little two cents on muscle activation and um, a little prep update on things and where my mind is. I hope everybody is doing well. If you're training uh, for your off-season, Remember, this is the time that you're growing. Don't worry about too much of how you look or the scales. If you're on a diet, this is the time where you're getting rid of the body fat. So you might look a little bit smaller. You might look a little bit flatter on some days. But base it off how you look in the gym. When you've got a pump, when you've got food in you, when you're feeling good. you know, Let that be your reassurance that things are moving in the right direction. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Speak to you soon. Take care of yourselves. Love you. Bye.